1: discussing their process and passion in bringing these women to
0: life. Welcome to Complicated Conversations. On these episodes, there's no spoilers. So come on, it's starting. On this episode of Complicated Conversations, we're thrilled to chat with Tracy McMillan. Tracy is a television writer, author, and relationship expert who is the creator and executive producer of Hulu slash Onyx Collective's dramedy series, Unprisoned, starring Kerry Washington and Delroy Lindo. Tracy is a former TV's news journalist and is an engaging creative personality who has appeared on the Today Show, providing expert relationship advice. She previously worked as a writer on Mad Men, United States of Terror, and Unnecessary Roughness, and is currently the host of the own reality show, Family or Fiance. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Tracy.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit, just kind of the elevator pitch for Unprisoned and your personal inspiration behind it.
2: Well, Unprisoned is sort of inspired by slash based on the story of my life. So my dad was in and out of prison my whole life. He first went in when I was three. I went into foster care and then he was in and out. And his last sentence was 19 years. And in that time I had a baby, you know, this was like, you know, the middle of my life. So my life is like moving forward. I'm like, establishing a career, moving to Los Angeles, all these things. And then I'm knowing that when he gets out, somehow we're going to have to have a relationship with him on the outside. Where, you know, when, when you have a parent in prison, he was buried there. Like, he would call me every two weeks without bail. Like, I would say we were sort of close. I mean, even though he's in prison, but we're close. But he lives in my phone. And it's not a two-way street. You can't call him, you know. <laughs> Only he can call you. So, you know, the closer the time came to when he was going to get out, the more I realized like, whoa, what is this going to be like? How am I going to have a relationship with him? What's it going to be like for him to meet my son? You know, these questions seemed big and they were looming. And I, as a writer, I naturally just started writing about it. So um, I actually did many versions of this show, uh, probably at least five versions of it before this one because it's something I've been trying to work out for a while now but that's basically the genesis of the show now in real life my dad did not come to live with me but on tv I could explore what it would be like (laughs) to have him come live with me because you know tv is is a safe place to explore stuff like
1: that work this stuff
2: out, right (laughs) Right. yeah right
1: So we, as a podcast, focus on complicated women. And so we want to start with Paige. She certainly qualifies. She's Mm -hmm. a relationship therapist who Mm -hmm. hasn't quite got herself totally figured out. You know, she's dispensing love advice, but not always making the best choices herself in that department. But she's also a single mom, Mm self-sufficient. She's bought and created this home for her and her son. And then, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, for her father. So we sort of understand right out of the gate that she is a person who has endured a lot and overcome a lot and Mm -hmm. looks to have it together. She's got Mm -hmm. her stuff together. But that doesn't mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't mean she doesn't have some deep wounds from her experiences and her childhood. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about writing Paige, because for you, I would imagine it's autobiographical, as you said, but I would think that might Present some unique challenges or different challenges than writing someone totally fictional. But I'd love to Let's to hear, hear it. what it was like for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting because as you're saying all these things about page, I'm like, I don't know anything about any of that. That's not true. <laughs> okay? No, yeah, I got it. I'm like <laughs> no, that's, not, that's exactly me. You know, I'm. I'm yeah. a mom And I did have it together. I did create a home. I did get out of all the, you know. There are so many, God, how do you even start? Like when you're in foster care and you are growing up in the most tenuous circumstances possible, so much abandonment, so much fear. Yeah, I had a lot of work to do to create a home and find a profession and do all these things. And I did manage to do all that. But the one place that my dad being in prison affected me the most was in my relationships. And, you know, there's a saying that you teach what you need to learn. And, you know, I think what happened is I was living these experiences. And because I'm like a learner, first and foremost, I'm learning a lot. And then I'm sharing it with other people. And then I'm seeing that they are getting it, you know, like I worked in newsrooms for many years. So newsrooms are like a target rich environment for single women who are trying to work out their love lives. (laughs) So I would be sharing what it is that I'm learning and they'd be like, Whoa, that helps me. And then what started to happen is they started to get married and find good relationships. And then they sort of were giving me credit for this. And I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. Meanwhile, I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. So that part is all those things are totally autobiographical. So here's the other piece though. It's not that hard to write a character because I've been writing television, scripted television for 17 years. So I have a, that the remove that you need to write about a character and not make it like so um, unconsciously you. Mm, yeah. you no, know, yes. it's, it's not you. So you're not sitting there writing all this stuff that you don't even know you're writing because you're just writing you. I'm not writing me. Mm. I'm writing a character. And I can, I can even look at my own life and go, oh, there is a character, a protagonist in my life, that person, Tracy. And when you get that distance, yeah. you can start to make choices. That yes. is what scares you, you know? Yeah. So it, I, I have a lot of experience with not thinking the character is me. I understand that's a character.
0: Yes, I was going to say. So, so you have that distance on a few levels. It seems like you have it from your profession. You also mm-hmm. have it from the understanding therapy and understanding, yeah. you know, people's motivations. And then also time gives you a little bit of distance too. 100%. So, yeah, that all really comes through. Well, in um, age,
2: like this is the other. I'm fifty eight. Oh, yeah. So, and I've raised a whole kid, and yeah, <laughs> you know, all these things. It. I mean, I think a lot of times you know. There's not that many 58-year-old women who are writing autobiographical TV shows. I'm going to no. start thinking mm-hmm. who is doing that. Maybe they're writing procedural yeah. TV shows, but honestly, it's very ageist business, and people are not. Yeah. That's not who's getting shows. So the level of insight that you have at 58 is a lot different even than 38, even than 40. Yes. certainly you, okay. you know? Yes. yes,
0: absolutely, yeah. And I just, I mean, I think that's part of the underlying foundation of what makes this show so good so good i i want to talk about little page in addition to page and this device that you use kind of showing us this little girl and and there's so many ideas sprinkled out it matches the psychology of you know partner and parent and it all starts in childhood what doesn't you know there's so many of those cute lines or quippy lines are in the script but then you really give us a visual of this little Mm -hmm. girl who's experiencing these things. And Mm -hmm. how did you come up with that device? And is that what you wanted us to... Because visually, it's really impactful.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think, again, like writing television for a long time, it's not a novel, right? If a camera can't see it, in a way, it's not really happening. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you have to find ways to embody concepts that are visual and that you can film. You know, that's the dramaturgy that you can dramatize. So when I was thinking about like the inner child, so I've been in therapy basically my entire life. And around about 2002, I was actually, a therapist had me do a guided meditation where I encounter my little girl self. And um, it was very powerful and it, it stuck with me. Well, it has stuck with me for the rest of my life. And I saw that little girl in the guided meditation, me, and she looked at me, the older me, the grown me, and she was like, Why should I trust you? Right? <gasps> she was like, This is what you do. You have abandoned me in these ways. Yeah. Yes, I know you're wearing a great coat right now. <laughs> she
1: literally said <laughs> that
2: to me. She's like, I love <laughs> <have> your outfit. <laughs> but oh, wow. you have blown it with me. And I don't trust you. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. So ever since then, I have had a, and I basically said in the meditation, you know, because it was guided with the therapist, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. And I promise I will listen to you from now on. So after that, I had a relationship with that little girl. Like she was a a person to me. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, I was taking her with me everywhere I went. Now she's with me on a job interview. She's with me on a date. And I'm listening to what she's saying. Because the thing about her is, she is like, knows what is in my highest good. She is totally yes. authentic. She's not people pleasing. She, she mm-hmm. knows. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. listen to her, your life comes into alignment in a really powerful way. Because oh. all the things I've manifested since then are because I started to get in a relationship with that part of myself. so um, Mm -hmm. that is basically and so then I thought well what if we just actually had cast a young actress Mm -hmm. in that role and then you start ripping on it and you're like oh my god and she could be wearing the exact outfit
1: (laughs) in the exact
2: spot doing exactly Mm -hmm. what Paige is doing and it would be hilarious and here we are
1: so good that actress oh my god she is she is is fantastic scene stealer just every scene that that little Paige is in Um, (laughs) and But that's so incredible that story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, oh my god, and that scene then towards the end where where Paige mm-hmm. does really talk to her, mm-hmm. it sounds it, it mirrored sort of your meditation. Mm-hmm. I mean, so moving. I mean, I just love the whole therapeutic lens of this mm-hmm. entire show. I'm a big fan of therapy. Um mm-hmm. And we, you know, joke that we play armchair psychologists with our characters on here all the time. We talk about our char- the characters' damage. I mean, it's a big talking point for Corinne and I on and off the show. So the fact that this touches on daddy issues and attachment styles and mother yes. wounds and intergenerational oh. trauma, everything. This is like all our love language. Um, but <laughs> it really is. But, but we just love content where creators are writing from their wounds, we like mm-hmm. to say, because it is a form of catharsis that for, sure. for themselves, but then it translates into something really relatable. So and powerful. for the So reader authentic. Or viewer. authentic. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the whole point. Like when people say to me, yeah. well, what should I write? I'm like, well, go to where you have the most shame. <laughs> go to the thing you're most yeah. afraid of. And start telling everybody about it, like start writing about that. And your work is just going to because the service of the artist is to I'll go there. I will find out what was in there and then I'll come back and I'll tell you a story about it. Beginning, middle, end, because that's what human beings, we have that kind of cognition. Beginning, middle, end. I'll make sense out of it for you and you will watch it and go everywhere I went. Except it's yes. deeper than yes. when I had this. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you'll go everywhere you went,
1: right? And then go where you need to go then as a person. So then you'll take it in your own direction or you'll take whatever lesson you need from it. But Mm -hmm. that's exactly right. So for this, what was the catharsis for you? Like how did
2: writing the show
1: help with your own healing? And you said you wrote it five times. This must have been the charm. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I love that this is the version that got made because this is the version that's Mm -hmm. truest to my own Mm -hmm. You know, just aesthetic, humor. You know, I grew up on, like, Mary Tyler Moore Mm -hmm. and James L. Brooks. And that's, like, making you laugh and making you cry and going for, I really want to do a hero, not an antihero. I feel like there's so many antiheroes on TV, especially female protagonists. They're all avoidant. Um, (laughs) They're all avoidant (laughs) attachment
1: stuff. And I don't relate.
2: I'm like, I don't get it. Um, Yeah. So the catharsis for me, I want to say I probably haven't fully realized it yet. Mm -hmm. Doing a thing like this, first of all, when you're doing it, like the actual production and the writing, there's no time. You can't look down. There's not that much reflection happening because it is like the most intensive experience. And now I'm talking about it, also an intensive experience, putting it out into the world. Every person I've ever met in my entire life has sent me a text in the last like week and um, and I want to respond because it's important. So there's like a whole whirlwind, wild ride going on right now. And I also think that time tends to distill things for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't say that I know, but I do know that it's happening. You know, like there are yeah. times where I would say to the crew, I'm like, thanks, you guys for helping me with my therapy, you know. <laughs> so... I don't really know. I don't have an answer to that question. No, that's a yeah. fantastic no. answer.
0: Exactly. Yes. That is the answer we all need to hear, by the way. Also, because the healing isn't linear and it's not in the moment. It is It, it accumulates yeah. and it, and like you said, time distills it. That is so yeah. beautiful and, and like so one day you wake
2: up. Yeah, you wake up, you look back and you're like, whoa, I don't do that anymore. Or, oh, I don't yes. feel that anymore. And it, you don't yes. know when it happened. It just happened.
0: Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Exactly right. Uh, oh, so we've already been touching on the deep emotional and psychological issues, but it also the show approaches social issues and showing the, mm-hmm. the challenges of a black man post incarceration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Paige's dad goes wants to straighten out his life, but at every turn he's challenged by the systems, by his own psychology, by by so many outside influences are are there to to help him fail. We talked about getting a job, getting a driver's license, again, things we take for granted mm-hmm. that are set up to kind of trap mm-hmm. uh, in the post-incarceration world. Why did you want to focus on these? You could have, if you're fictionalizing it, you could have made the dad any dad and had him right. have different challenges, but you wanted to keep this experience. Tell us about that. You know,
2: I feel like I'm a journalist First, you know, mm, that's yeah. my basis is journalism. I That's my degree. I worked in it for 16 years. And so I always have a sense of wanting to be accurate and telling an accurate story. Mm-hmm. Because I could have gone outside of our story, but the fact of the matter is, this is why it's so hard. It's not yeah. hard because he's, you know, my dad, for example, is an inherently bad person who really wants to do crime more than he wants to you know, stay out of jail. (laughs) It's the the most basic thing that it takes to start living a life that's on the right side of the law is, you know, next to impossible. Yeah. 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 Next to impossible. and, And I also remember these feelings like even coming out of foster care and having, you know, no parents, you know, I had my dad's girlfriend, but she was, challenging and i quickly separated myself from her because she's not she was a very toxic person um so then you're out in the world and you have no parents no no safety net no nothing so i'm very close to the feelings of getting out (laughs) like i know exactly what it feels like to get out where you're like how am i going to get an apartment how am i going to get a first and last who's going to take me to the place 20 miles away where you where you do the driver's license test how I, every single thing for me was so hard. Um, who's gonna give me some tax forms so I can apply for a Pell Grant? Like, I, every single thing was hard. Every single thing was hard. And I, I do think that there's a real analog between prison and foster care. Foster care is prison for children, you know, and you come out of it with all these towering disadvantages. So it was easy for me to put myself in the, um, those kinds of details logistical details of how do you put a life in Mm -hmm. like a mainstream life i don't think people realize how hard it is if you are starting from nothing you know just the most basic yes so i wanted to tell that story because it's true and it's the actual piece that is the beginning of the road back to wherever you came from you know right yes
1: yeah. And it's so important. And, and you can tell the journalist in you coming out with those yeah. facts, but but it doesn't, it's not like you bog us down with, you know, lessons about this or, you know, just generally this could have been sort of a mm-hmm. gritty or yeah. kind of a thing or could have got bogged down maybe in the psychological trauma aspect, But but it's just so funny. It is light and funny mm-hmm. and just I, we love that. I mean, the, there's so many scenes that I was just laughing out loud. I mean, the the dance oh. sequence. Corinne and I were talking mm-hmm. about the nunchucks this morning, mm-hmm. so we That's love great. the levity of it as well. And I, so much of that is between Paige and her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you know he's giving her advice on her love life, that you know he she only needs. In part because of her daddy issues, because he exactly. abandoned her. But so it's slightly ironic that yeah. he's the one giving you got me into this mess. You can't help you me. You got me up. into it. Yeah. But it's also like, but why are you right? That right. is a good point. He has <laughs> well, so many good points, that was and me I good. just it was. That yeah. was your dad too. Yeah. yeah. What well, yeah, like, yeah, is, he is it? He knew
2: all sorts of stuff because he knew the streets and he knew men and he knew yeah. all these things that like. And I'd be like, oh, he's right. Oh my God, he's right. So, yeah, um, that's – and I think the humor is just, like, I just think things are funny. I, I guess yeah. it's the Sagittarius moon. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh! I don't know. Yes. I'm. Uh, I just yes. think a lot of stuff is great, and I think humor is a great – I wouldn't call it a coping mechanism. I would call it a um, – a transformative you know what I mean it transforms something mm-hmm. that could be this way and then you, you sort of elevate it there's something elevating about humor it yes. just helps you metabolize really intense stuff and if you're lucky enough to have a good sense of humor or find humor in things um, or if you have a good practice around it maybe I just have a pract- a humor practice Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah. and Kerry Washington, so we've seen her a lot in these anti-hero roles lately, and it was so good to see yeah. her in this. She is so funny. I was saying to Kate about the nunchucks. I just felt like she was like really riffing, and whether it was scripted or not, it felt so. She was just. She had the comic timing. It was fantastic. Yeah, and she, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: and the, the, the Delroy Lindo. The her. Oh yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He was incredible. I heard you you I heard you say, right, like he was once you had Carrie on board, he was the only choice. The only you guys choice. both yeah wanted him. The only choice. Yeah.
2: And I mean the two of them together, like they're both just so committed to the craft and the work and that they're both so high integrity, so principled. Like these are the kind of people you wanna you wanna make television with, right? Yeah. People yeah. who have Incredible character, a lot of self, you know, self-awareness, a lot of insight. I mean, these are the what that's the day-to-day of working with somebody. And then there's the talent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow, I would regularly get chills. Regularly get chills. And just be like, I can't part of me is like, I can't even believe this. And then there's another part of me that was like, could believe it. Like I was never yeah. intimidated by either one of them. They're my colleagues. I feel like they never didn't treat me as an equal. I never didn't feel as an equal. I don't know why that is either. I guess I just, I don't know. I i think when you're just in the moment, you're in the breath, you're doing the work and you're not like, I always, my visual is like, you know, when we're shooting a, a car, a scene in a car, they mount the camera on the front yeah. of the car. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. a lot of people live that way with a camera mounted on the front of their life that they're watching themselves through. And it's very inhibiting. And I think if you just get into whatever it is and you're not like, ah, I'm sitting here with Delroy Lindo and you're not in that, you're just sitting, you're just doing that moment, taking those breaths. You get this incredible freedom that allows you to take risks and put yourself out there and not feel like you're judged or judging or, yeah, being judged. It's like, that's to me, a huge part of the freedom and the unprisoning was just... Just being, just being, you know, because, yeah, I could have easily been freaking out at these two (laughs) humans that are like Mm -hmm. such heavy hitters, you know? Yes,
1: yes. I love that you mentioned the unprisoning. I love the title. I love the bigger meaning of it Um, and that there's so many good lines with Paige and her dad, but... That when he says do you want to be right Or do you mm-hmm. want to be free mm-hmm. I was like oh god I think I needed to hear that um, It mm. really resonated and then when she's like Fuck normal like I want to be free Like just this right. All these bigger themes of finding ways to unprison yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Tracy. That was yeah. that was that was very. Uh, that, I felt those. I felt oh, those. Oh, good.
2: I mean, that's yeah. my <laughs> thing. Is I want to be free, and I want to set the people yeah. around me free. I want to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, like what does that mean? It means, it means, you know, you're not all bound up. You know, I don't want to yeah. be bound. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or carrying weight that isn't yours or mm-hmm. carrying a past that isn't here today and because you're yeah. it's only here today because you keep bringing it you know mm-hmm. yes. i i, I could say i can keep i do it too so yeah
1: yeah keeping the walls up sometimes you just mm-hmm. need the sledgehammer yeah. mm-hmm. I, I felt that scene too give me that sledgehammer mm-hmm. <laughs> i need to knock some stuff down mm-hmm. but, uh,
0: well, we you've already tipped us into our next question, which we mm. always ask. But you, I love when we get a we get a hint that it will be received well. You said your Sagittarius moon. We always talk about astrology. You do oh
1: yes. yes yes well, yes.
2: Don't it's, get it's, here's,
1: here's my little Aries. Oh, we're gonna get you started. My Aries
0: <laughs> mug over here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So tell you're a Virgo sun sign.
2: Yeah. Yes. Well, so you know, which so feels like, very right. Yes. And I'm an Aquarius rising, so that's oh, okay. What the world sees yeah, right. it's all the communication mm-hmm. and the you know the mass communication specifically. Yes, um, mm-hmm. yes. And then and so I exactly. I you know I can kind of come across you know I come across in a friendly way you know and then I have a Sagittarius moon and. Love that. What is that? That's like expansive. In the emotional area, like there's that yeah. Jupiter optimism that's there. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been through all these things, somehow I'm able to take a light view of it. Yeah. So here's other parts of my track. Yes. So I'm a little bit of an amateur astrologer. Kind of probably how yeah. like somebody would be like a golfer in their 50s. It's like by that time you've been playing golf for 30 years. I've been playing, I've been playing astrology since I was like in my teens. So I actually, and like I said, I love deep knowledge pool and I love learning. So I kind of know a lot about it at this point. So probably the biggest thing about my chart is that I have like five planets in the seventh house and the seventh house is like relationships. It's not the fifth house. It's not like a love affair. It's like marriages, partnerships. And that's my entire area of focus is seventh house matters. Yeah. um, you know, obviously I've had a number of marriages and, you know, I haven't been married in almost 20 years. But um, when I was young, that was like, a that was super important to me. Actually, it's probably important to me now, too, but in a very different way. So mm-hmm. that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. The rest of my chart, just a little bit about it, would be that I have Venus and Liao. So that's like... Oh, so does Kate.
1: Really? I, yeah. I have everything in Leo, basically. But yes, I do have Venus, but I have four in Leo. But
2: yeah, okay, and five, then,
1: something like and that, Mars
2: but. and Cancer, which I think is why it's taken that's what me so I have. Long. You do? But see, Mars <laughs> yes. and Cancer is like such a tough placement, you know, because it's like it you're
0: is. Top. It's in but its detriment. Yeah
2: it is and then you're in your drive but and then but you're a crab and you can only move sideways like i never moved directly toward anything i wanted ever (laughs) i just couldn't do it um but everything i ever imagined has come to me and i will say this also my boyfriend has venus and leo and mars and cancer and it's really interesting how uh that we have all this conjunction in those two areas. And very powerful because we really do want the same things out of blood. And we really do mm-hmm. go about things the same way, which, you know, oh. I understand it. If, if it was probably a different Mars, it wouldn't work. But because mm-hmm. we both have this mm-hmm. sideways Mars, it probably does. So that's a little bit about oh. what I know about my chart.
0: You oh, just blew I, my mind because I know yeah. about Mars and Cancer, but the way you just described it. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I well, think, uh, yeah, we is how you appear to the world, and your sun sign is mm-hmm. what you know about yourself. Yep, yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I feel like other people don't know I'm a Virgo, but I know I'm a Virgo, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, funny.
0: Yeah. You do come off as a Virgo, though, to I me. I, I get no. it.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, don't you know, see, I sort of see her Sagittarius shining through. That's though, true too. True. I thought there had to be some fire in one of your main mm-hmm. big three from mm-hmm. just from what I've seen of you. I was like, "There's got to be." I knew I there mean, was some Leo in there too.
0: Virgo that. Sun and Sag Moon is basically messy perfectionist, and that reads. Yeah, that
1: reads
2: everywhere, I think. And the Aquarius is the communicator.
0: Yeah, That's right.
1: Yes. And a little bit of the rebel, you know? Oh, the yeah, man, renegade, exactly. Outside exactly. The outside-the-box thinker. Yeah, the reporter. All, yeah. yeah, the reporter. Yeah, yeah I'm a yeah. total yeah.
2: weirdo. Like, I was a cheerleader, but I always I say I was the weird cheerleader. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. like, yeah. she's that's like the, the rest of us.
1: <laughs> that's your Sagittarius and Aquarius going, wait, yes. what? Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's, that's the weird <laughs> that's cheerleader.
2: Exactly. I love that. That is that.
0: great. Well, uh, we'd love to to wrap up with asking you um, about what you're loving right now. And if you're, I know you're, you're busy and you've got a lot going on. And maybe if you want to talk about something that you're loving, a, a different show, a different uh, movie mm. or book or whatever, but, or maybe if you want to talk about some of the things, obviously this was based uh, on your life, mm-hmm. but some of the other influences maybe you had in writing this draft or, or other drafts of imprisoned We'd love to hear that too.
2: It's so interesting. I'm like, I'm bad at questions that are like your favorite or. Da, da, da. I, I've never. <laughs> oh, I know. I me too. Um, I chicken soup. That's my favorite. I only like chicken soup. <laughs> 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 I have a favorite food. I, favorite food. Um, I like mangoes. Uh, okay, so let's see what. Well, I want to say it's impossible for me to not be influenced. This is weird, but this is what popped into my mind when you said that one. It's impossible for me to not be influenced by Prince. It's impossible Mm -hmm. for me to not be influenced by Minneapolis itself. Minneapolis is just... We were just Mm -hmm. in the other room talking about it. It really is my home. Um, I don't live there now, and I haven't lived there. I mean, I did live there for six months during the pandemic, and that was so special. But it's just every single thing that I am, what Minneapolis is. It's like another chart, you know? It's like, it's, oh wow, it's committed to like a certain kind of social justice, and it's um, it's about everything. I got there. There was nature, and even though I was this hugely disadvantaged kid, I got a great education, and it's just a huge part of who I am. And so, when I was doing the rewrites for this, the pandemic was happening right at the same time, and I went back to Minneapolis and I lived there for 6 months. And I look back on it now as one of the most special times in my whole life. I reconnected. I've always been connected to like my high school friends and I have a childhood best friend that we are still extremely close. Um we've been friends since we were 8. Um so I got to see her every day. We got to walk around like Harriet, walk around like the aisles every day and it was mm. it was just amazing. So yes. I love it, and I'm very inspired by it, and it's, you know, the music, you know, we have Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis doing our music, like, it's just everything. I don't know. I love that. I love it. it. Be very articulate, but...
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
2: it's a good answer. Beautiful. Yeah, so that would be it.
0: Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Unprisoned yeah. is on Hulu. It is such an amazing show the acting i mean from from top to bottom every part of the show is flawless and we loved uh, it so much
1: you. so uh binge have, it it's fantastic it, it. i've recommended it to everyone and they oh, write me back that they're done the next day so oh, you God. know that's you're so definitely great. doing that something how, that's okay. how we
2: get a season two you know love. It. Ah. Oh, i was
1: gonna ask mm-hmm. i know obviously it's too early to yeah know,
2: but I'm feeling really right. good about it, and I know I have more story to tell. So, my experience that. Oh, when I have a an intention, the world really does come and support the the intention being fulfilled. So I feel great about it. Oh,
0: oh I love amazing. that. Well, I'm fully supporting that as well. I'm just going <laughs> to yes. throw my well, it's, my it's intention awesome. into the ring too. So right. into
2: the
1: universe. It's done. There
2: we go. We're already done. Good.
0: Good. <laughs>
1: Thank you again.
2: All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you.
1: This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate.
0: If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media.
1: Tag us with your favorite books. TV shows and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at PopFictionWomen or on Twitter at Pop underscore Women.
0: For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to PopFictionWomen.com
1: and keep it complicated.